Good morning. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Urban Show. We bring you news and views from God's point of view. We're very happy today to have John King on. He is a candidate, independent candidate for sheriff here in Jefferson County, West Virginia. So please go ahead and introduce yourself. Good morning, Richard. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so happy to be here today with all of you. Uh, my name is John King. I have lived in Jefferson County quite a few years now. I retired from the federal government after 32 years with the U.S. Capitol Police, where I was a police officer, special agent, supervisor, manager, uh, did a gamut of things. I ran a, my last position was a canine unit with 55 handlers with a $14.3 million budget. Um, I really want to give back to Jefferson County. Uh, the reason I got involved in, in running for office when I retired two years ago, I had didn't really intend to go back to work. And uh, Mr. Jack Hewitt and a few people locally in the community got together and convinced me to run for office. I told him I would do it, but the, but the condition was I wasn't going to take a salary from Jefferson County. Public service to me is about public service, and I'd be honored to serve the people of Jefferson County to the fullest of my abilities. That's great. Okay. So from your viewpoint, what do you think are the three or three or so top priorities like for the sheriff here in Jefferson County? Well, that's a little bit of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I really need to get in there and do a needs assessment and look at the totality of, of the environment of the entire sheriff's office, you know, because we have the tax office and we have the bailiffs and we have, of course, the law enforcement sheriff's department and we have animal control. There are things that, that will cost money and there are things that will not cost funding. Um, we really need to go through and look at everything operationally and administratively and then make prioritize things in order to come up with a plan to meet our goals over the next short-term goals, maybe six to months to a year out, and long-term to three to four years out. Um, that's kind of where we are. I really couldn't give you, I have a couple ideas of things I know that I think should be done right away, but I really need to get in there and really dig in to make sure I'm doing the right thing for the Sheriff's Office and for the people of Jefferson County. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So with, with the recent, you know, a lot of the uh, news and the is involving, of course, the whole COVID-19 and then the whole um, different mandates, like the governor seems to like to make a lot of mandates, like mass mandates and business closures and these kind of things. So my question as far as how that would pertain to the sheriff, say there was, you know, some kind of orders from the governor and would you enforce like things that would cause like business owners to be arrested for not in having mandates. In fact, there was a case just brought, I know, in Hurricane or Hurricane, as they say, about some place that, you know, they allowed their employees, a restaurant, not to wear masks. And the health department said, no, no. And they were going to shut it down. Like, would you enforce such kind of um, regulations? Well, if you're talking about the health department, that's a completely different issue than the sheriff's office. Okay. The health department goes in, for example, um, if they're inspecting a restaurant or they're doing their normal inspections, and they find a violation, they usually notify you, you have so many days to fix or you have to fix it immediately and they close you down. Uh, the only thing the sheriff's office is designed to do is to go in and say, no, the business has to be closed. Um, I know there's been a lot of questions about the masks. Well, the masks, 
in a business situation, just like Walmart or any of the stores, the business owners, no shirt, no shoes, no service. The right. same thing applies to a mask. So if the, if the requirement is you have to wear a mask in the store, then, you, then if you don't wear the mask into the store, the owner asks you to leave. If you don't leave, then they can call the sheriff's office. They can charge you with trespassing. We right. can't, the sheriff's office cannot enforce laws that aren't legislated and put onto the books and actually in the code. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I hear you saying businesses are private, so they can enforce uh, those, or not enforce, but I guess uh, ask you to wear masks and things. But what about, like, for instance, something came up in the spring where, and this is not completely theoretical, like, I noticed that Moulton Park, you know, I'm here in Shannondale, it was closed and there were signs up as closed. And in fact, I thought it was almost comical. They even removed the picnic tables. Like, the, I guess people could have criminal activity by sitting at the picnic table. But anyway, point being, you know, people were still congregating in the park and nobody was bothering them, you know. But theoretically, could the sheriff say, hey, you know, you can't congregate here or even theoretically like arrest those people? No, they're, they're, you, you can't go around and arrest people for things that aren't in, on the laws and in the books. Um, you can't, it's, you can't do it. You'll get sued. I, you know, I've been sued in my career. I was even in, not in the United States twice when I got sued. So being a manager and being the sheriff, you, you take on all that liability, but you can't enforce because you can provide recommendations. Basically people need to be respectful of others. And if people are not comfortable being around you without a mask, um, then you need to try and go along and be a good citizen with the, with folks. Don't, you know, and I, I, I think the businesses are doing a great job here in Charlestown and in Jefferson County by having people wear masks in the business. I think it's a good precaution, especially inside. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so one issue that's, you know, relevant here in Shannon now, I know at least um, Steve Harris, I know he's not a candidate anymore, but he was talking about, but we're concerned about the fact that here in Shannondale and vicinity, we have like over 4,000 plus people down Mission Road, and there's only one northern exit. There's no way to exit any other way, which causes, you know, a possible hazard if there's an emergency. So question is, would you support like having a southern exit for Shannondale and vicinity? To the south, you know what I mean? I think it's a great idea. I don't think it's really in the sheriff's preview to decide the roads, but I would support anything that would open up a second entrance in there. I think it's a good idea for the residents. Also, it can provide more fire apparatus and support. Um, one of the things that I'd like to see happen up in Shenandoah, I'd like to see that substation that's up on the mountain be occupied by two deputies. And I'd like okay, to by Blue Ridge it. Elementary School. Yes, know. sir open that back up, put two deputies in there, let them live there for free and make them the deputies of the mountain to build okay. a community relationship with the people in Shenandoah. In turn, I would come up to the mountain at least once or twice a month in the evening, six, seven o'clock after people get home from work and listen to their concerns. Just right. come over and sit outside and have a cup, cup of coffee or some water, whatever we can dig up. Okay, yeah. Well, yes, I know the sheriff doesn't make roads, but you know, if there is an emergency, presumably the sheriff needs to know how to orchestrate deputies or personnel to like get the people off the mountain, say, if there's a fire or something, you know what I mean? 
I agree completely. You guys need a lot more access in there. I mean, there's over 250 miles of road up on that mountain. And it, I have a couple of people who used to work with me up, up on the mountain and it's in DC, from DC. And it's, it's very confusing back in there to say at least, especially at night or when you get a lot of fog in an environment that's in climate weather. So I, I'm, I'm in complete support of trying to get a road more, even two extra ac accesses in there. Okay. Uh, I think it's very vital. Including yeah, we have a group of citizens, and I'm working with Steve Harris and others on that who are concerned about that. So that's, I think it's that's a great good idea. I support it 100%. Okay, good. Glad to hear that. What about, you know, like the opioid and drug crisis in Jefferson County? Is like, is there anything you can say about like, how would you handle things? What could or should be done, you know, uh, or is there something more or be done or to like assist or is what is the role of, that the law enforcement needs to be doing? More aggressive role, less aggressive? Or uh, do you have any comment on those kind of things? Oh, certainly. The, the drug problem, you know, working in DC all the years, I saw the gamma of drug problems illegal drugs. The end user, unfortunately, is, is the victim in the, in the equation usually. And what we need to do is use some technology too to help us. In the city, we used a, a system with cameras and tag readers. So you stage those in critical places in the county, and I don't go too far into the weeds with this, but you're able to track people through a database back all the way to Baltimore and to other jurisdictions. You start combining technology and where these vehicles are going and who's operating them. You start setting up association matrices. That's the enforcement side of it. The, the next phase is the treatment. You have things like the daily report and you have uh, for the court to try and get people back in to um, you know, be, being their own standalone person in society and getting back, not on their feet, I guess was probably say more independent. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing most people don't understand about drug addicts, especially with opioids and the fentanyl, when they get onto these drugs, when they try and people think they can wean them off them, kind of like you're doing with um, with alcohol, but what you find is the people you generally relapse after six months. And some some people will just have to take these um, drugs the rest of their lives mm. to be able to get back to, uh, to function normally, not overdose, and not they're going to keep taking the, there's not really a lot of heroin here, it's mostly the, the uh, fentanyl mixed with the um, opioids, but that's a, a huge part just to get those people treatment and get them because people need that opportunity to come back. The third thing we have to do is do edu is educate people. We've got to give them jobs and find them places and trades and things so that they have a skill set to go out and work. Uh, a lot of the, the skills and people that we had to work, they're just not there anymore. And we need some trades. We need to get these people back and function and see progressive and that they're doing well in society. And yeah. Well, I agree with the education part. I mean, I've been active in the nonprofit sector in um, like absence-centered, like HIV prevention, health education. And, and also, you know, part of our message is, you know, not to use drugs and substance alcohol. And yeah, I mean, I guess there's multiple aspects. I mean, the character aspect, I think, is a really big one. And another one, I guess, is that maybe the over prescription of opioids and things like that you know the, the, the one thing that they one of the big problems too is you're seeing a lot more um since the pill factories have shut down in the state you're seeing a lot more of the methamphetamine which is um, a real bad thing to get into the community 
And there's some technologies to use with drones and different things that can go in. And you get the feds to come in at no cost to people of Jefferson County. And my, my thought would be to get give them an office here in the city and let them go after some of these heavy duty drug dealers. Not to infringe on the citizens, but trying the ones who want to get them in there and do good enforcement that spreads across state lines to get these people back to the sources. Right. That sounds reasonable. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a very important topic. Like, so thinking about that, like, do you think there's going to be enough budget for the sheriff? Do you think it needs more budget? I know there's a COVID situation and well, I guess, um, I'm not sure how that will affect the sheriff's budget. I guess it'll affect everyone's budget, but overall, like, are you anticipating maybe the need to hire more deputies or try to trim the budget or how do you see things? Well, I, ju I just had breakfast with Sheriff Doherty this morning and talking to him about the current status of the treasury and, and actually it's in very good shape, believe it or not. Oh, good. And the taxes are coming in. Um, I would like to see the sheriff's office expand. Uh, I understand that we just really need to look at the next six months and see what the, the, the revenue is coming in right now because that hasn't really caught up with us yet. But I would like to see the sheriff's office expand to 40 deputies. And where we're going to get the money and who we're going to work it out of, that's a whole other situation. With the casino losing 550 jobs, and I don't know if you've been in the casino lately. I went in there just to poke my head in the other day, no. and there's no, there's not very many people in there. Mm. So we're losing all that revenue that we've counted on all these years, and that's going to take a big toll on to. But we need to batten down the hatches and, and look at making sure we're making our salaries and paying our people first, and, and stacking in order of things and priorities. Some things can wait, some things can't. But Where is the main source of the uh, revenue for the like sheriff's office? What it's coming it? from the baseline taxes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that property or more other taxes? I think it's a combination of both, from what I understand. Okay. I don't really, I really dug too far into the weeds on where their money's coming from, more where it's going, and what they're using it for. Okay, you mentioned on on your website um, on another topic that you have a nonprofit experience. At least that's how I understood it. Did you want to share anything about that? Uh, part of the community organizations that I work with. Um, I work with the JCCM downtown with ministries with Bob. Uh, my wife is the manager of the Ransom Garden, so I'm kind of like the handyman over there repairing all the water systems and electrics and things like that. Uh, we also are involved, I'm with the uh, Mayor's Select Committee on Homelessness here in Charlestown. Uh, we're trying to work to get some, get people in, in uh, get the West Virginia Coalition on the Homelessness working with us. Um, we got DHHR working with us. We're trying to find and put people back to work and get people self-reliant within Charlestown who want to get that assistance. And they're even looking at expanding another um, nonprofit for just for that program. And the ministry is going back to what they did before, which is the food bank, the clothing bank, and funds to help people in need, you know, if they okay. can't make the rent or those kind of things. So you're active with Jefferson, Jefferson County Community Ministry. What, what is the Ransom Garden? The Ransom Garden is a community garden it's owned by the city of Ranson. They are, they're, not, they're a nonprofit also. Um, it's basically for people who want to get together and they garden and they give them a bed of where they can plant their vegetables okay. or flowers or those kind of things. They have a high tower, which is a, like a greenhouse and they grow plants. They do cooking with doctors, uh, those kind of programs where they actually go online and they video 
cooking meals with the vegetables and things. They give vegetables and food to the, to the uh, JCCM Ministries. Um, it's, it's a very worthwhile organization. Okay. Right, right behind the Rants and Civic Center. All right. It's good to hear about your activities and those things. Well, considering there's, I guess, not I guess, there's on the ballot, there's five other, no, one, two, three, four. Uh, yes, four other candidates. One doesn't seem to be very active, Mr. Lance. I don't know. I couldn't find him anywhere. But anyway, how would you differentiate yourself from the other candidates? Like, why should the voters choose you, say, instead of one of the other candidates, Republican, Democrat, Independent? Well, my credentials stand on their own merits. I spent 32 years in the government. I've commanded over 100 people at a time. I've done, I understand budgeting. I understand the culture. I understand, I have all the experience in the world to run the sheriff's office. I, I'm that level three incident commander for FEMA standards. The county needs someone who can make decisions, who's made proven decisions for decades, and has the confidence of the rank and file, not from the sheriff's office, but from the tax office and the bailiffs and from animal control. The sheriff's office is 95% law enforcement. And I have the most experience and the most skill sets and education in dealing with any aspect of law enforcement. I was a patrol officer, like I said, a canine handler, canine supervisor, bomb technician, special agent investigator. Uh, I've, I've done the gamma in law enforcement. My agency I came from had 1,800 gun carriers and we had a $430 million budget, like I said, which I control 14.3 for canine as my last command. Okay, so you have extensive um, experience. And what, maybe one more question before we get, you know, give you a chance to wind, conclude things, but like, would you, how about for deputy training, you know, we, would you, or what am I trying to say? You know, in the news, we have different things. We know most officers, of course, are doing a really good job and appreciate that. But how would you ensure, you know, deputies are properly trained? I guess what I'm trying to say to avoid some of the bad situations that get excessive news coverage. Well, training is, training is training. Training is how to do a function. I want to educate people. So when I educate people, the, um, the purpose is to, to make them grow and learn about what they're doing and how they're doing it. I want to bring CIT training here, crisis intervention training. We did in our agency. A lot of people need empathy out there in the public and putting the bracelets on someone is the last alternative. Um, we need to look at the use of force policies. We need to make sure we're documenting things. Uh, that we're doing all the steps of giving confidence in the, in the public for us and for them. You need to build the bridges, not build walls. And that's another whole part of community, part of community policing that I support that needs to be out there. We need to be out there in the public. We need to build relationships. And the training, the mental health training is key to, to dealing with people. It really is. I mean, I've seen so many people um, that really were in mental, mental duress and they just needed that help. And you need to have the ability to know where to go and get that help. And the sheriff's office is tasked with all the mental hygiene uh, hearings here in the county too. So that's another whole function of the sheriff's office most people aren't aware of. You mean awesome. like if someone were be reported by their family or some people for commitment to a mental institution? Is that what you're they, talking about? Yes, if they, if they believe they're in danger to themselves or others, they'll have a, 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 a hearing with an with a appointed judge 
to come in and they sit, they have a hearing and medical people are involved and they decide whether or not they're going to be uh, sent somewhere for, for, for treatment. And then they put it out statewide to find out where they're going to send them for the treatment. There's only the Martinsburg, I think has 16 beds. A lot of times, unfortunately, they're tasked with taking them down to Huntington. And that's a long trip down there to get them there and back. And that's another thing that falls in the sheriff's office. Just like conservatorships for people, that falls in the sheriff's office. There's a whole okay. lot of things more than just the law enforcement aspect. Right. Well, we also, <laughs> of course, we think of the tax office. We all get our tax bills. Of course. You know? So, which I understand is a, I don't know. Do you know what part of the sheriff's office is like the tax office budget wise? Is it like a quarter, 20%? It's, it's probably less than, I think it's about $11 million a year. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's, it's uh, probably about 15 to 18%. Okay. All right. Okay. I couldn't, I could, don't have my hands on itemized budget. I wanted to get one, but I couldn't get Pete to give me one. <laughs> okay. You know, he wasn't, they didn't have ready yet for this year, I guess. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess as we're winding things down, any like closing comments, we did already ask like how you would differentiate yourself, but anything you'd like to say to the um, voters, you know, in um, conclusion? Well, I'd really just like to tell them that I, I really want to look forward to serving the presence of Jefferson County. Um, I love this county. I love the people here. I want to be the community outreach. I want to be the sheriff who's approachable that you all can come to with any problems. I'm not in any party. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. My loyalty is to the people of Jefferson County. And you know, like I said, I retired two years ago. I'm the most current law enforcement person who's running for office. Some have very little, some have good quite a bit. But when I decided to, to run for office, it was, like I said, it was Mr. Jack Hewitt, a few people got together and they thought I was the right guy for the safety and security of the county and the treasury in the county. And when I decided to do this, I said, I will not take a salary. Like I said, I'm gonna do this for the people and we're gonna be fair and we're gonna be equitable across the board to everyone. And everyone's gonna get treated with humanity. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank we'll you for having me. Put this up. There's a, um, with the other candidates who respond, I know we already have something up for uh, Mr. Hansen that we yes. did during the primaries. So we'll, we'll look forward. I urge everybody to get out and uh, vote on November 3rd. And I do want to thank you for joining us. My, I'm your host, Richard Irvin, coming to you here from Historic Harper's Ferry. And we will see you next time. Do be blessed. And thanks again for uh, joining us on this show.